Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. I am so excited that we have a show full of callers from different continents today. So we're going to start here in the States, and let me welcome to the show Rob from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Rob, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thank you, Molly. It's great to be with you. It is a treat to finally have a chance to connect with you. I know we've gone back and forth, and I think this is just the joy and the beauty of the social media platforms to connect with people like I would never otherwise have a chance to. I would agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to hear your voice. So, Rob, what uh, situation or conversation is on your mind today? Yeah, Molly, um, you know, after you and I uh, had discussed, uh, you know, what conversations are really relevant for today, um, thinking about some of my executive clients and the teams that I work with, and just some of the struggles that they're having in the climate that we're in um, that almost demands a political correctness yet condemns it in the, in the next breath uh, because, for, for the sake of vulnerability or being real. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and we can kind of uh, go back and forth on it, but from an employer perspective, um, this is one of the things that I face with my clients. What are best practices in, in fostering open conversations um, as they arise in the workplace, uh, you know, the, the, the current hot topics, the critical race theory, the racial equality, the wokeness, and the list goes on. As those conversations arise in the workplace, how does that employer provide a safe place to share without fear of being bullied, retaliation, or heaven forbid, the next victim of the cancel culture? Ugh, so relevant and <laughs> real. Okay, such a small topic you raise here, Rob. Oh, my God. How many days do we have? <laughs> so, well, I know listeners around the world are all nodding their heads because it, um, it is very real. And I, you know, I, I said just yesterday that, of course, we want to ignite, you know, all voices to be heard uh, and, and expressed and listened to in a skillful way. Um, at the same time, it doesn't c- give people carte blanche to kind of say whatever, um, to not necessarily have things grounded in facts. And it, I think a lot of people feel like they throw their hands in the air and say, oh, right, this is just like, what are we going to do? And mm-hmm. so I, sure. I want to just first and foremost say to everyone, look, at we have to have hope. Okay, it may seem. Like, it's just never going to go anywhere. We have to have hope because we can find a better place if all of us do our, you know, our fair share, and it might be even a small step. So I think the attitude about it is a really important one. And I, and I say that not lightly. I think this notion of the safe place, um, I know employers, want, you know, that's their intention, Rob. I think a lot of times Absolutely. what they're maybe not aware of, right, is that while they want it to be safe, and people may even intellectually feel that it's supposed to be safe. They don't feel it, right? So this is where yeah, it gets correct. pretty yeah. subjective, right? So this is so yeah. you know I, I would I would offer first for, for at all levels, whether you're the top top dog or you're just the summer intern there for a few months, that notion of how do I think about this and what's my own experience mm-hmm. and my own attitude about it, um, and. You know, as a quick segue, I was just working with someone who I'm so proud of because they really had the light bulb go off. They're like, wow, I've realized that when I speak with so-and-so, I'm, I'm creating a fear and anxiety. Like, I'm creating it because I'm all right. of a sudden worried, right? And so this for folks right. out there, you know, this, this wokeness, this, you know, and I, I can see people do the eyeball roll, like, oh, my God, you know. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I get it. Believe me, folks, I get it. I also think that's... If that's a feeling you have inside, boy, that's going to come across, right? And so I think that it's really important to help people. And I think those questions, you know, you work with clients and 
you know, before people tend to want to solve, like, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to measure? We don't right. achieve anything we don't measure, right? So everyone's freaking out right, about that. Right. I'm like, <laughs> right? So I'd start with like, you know, where where are we at on it? And and that's mm-hmm. a pretty personal question, right? Um, and then I think the notion of, and this is where I put my consulting hat on, Rob, is saying, you know, we may sure. want to get to a place of safe space and this and that and whatever Nirvana situation. But boy, if we right. don't, acknowledge where we are like what's the current state really right and that's the current state not as the executives wish it were (laughs) but we said it's this this way right and it's just saying hey right right? and so i think that the 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 conversations and i'm a big fan of just owning it um if everything is perfect hey awesome you're out there in a perfect organization i don't know many of those (laughs) just saying so right say you know maybe we're doing okay is there something we could do better and and just saying that we, we care about this, I think the intention part, yeah. you know, we're, we're doing some work on it. Um, and f- far be it from us to legislate it. And so we can just share, this is what we'd love to have happen. We'd love you to yes. be able to be who you are. We love that um, people share what they're thinking. We also want people to realize that you may be thinking something and it's valid. And that's your experience. And we need everyone to honor that people may have a very different experience. Absolutely. No, I agree, Molly. One of the things I, I thought about in, and things that I've been sharing in instructing and consulting and co- coaching uh, various individuals in this kind of topic is that, that trust. You know, it goes right back to trust again. I know that you and I worked in, work in the venues that that's a huge thing. Uh, I mean, that, that's uh, one of the pinnacles of, uh, where we go everywhere else in our conversations, it really has to begin with trust. And that trust between the, the employer and the employees, the trust of being able to say, okay, I want to create a, create a, a safe space, but am I really going to walk it out? And to be able to model that, and it's, you know, we like to think it starts from the top. And, and in a perfect world, it would start from the top. The, the top should embrace that modeling peace in crisis. Because really, when, when some of these subjects are brought up in the workplace, you've just now invited crisis into your workplace because it's going to create disruption. Um, now, what do you do with that? How do you embrace that? And how, to, how do you reformat that in a way that creates that place of mutual respect? And I think one thing, Molly, is that we equate respect with agreement. I can respect somebody's opinion, but not agree with it. Such a huge point. It's such a huge point. So first, let's go back to the trust. You're absolutely right. And I think, you know, this is the thing you've heard me say, vulnerability is a must for trust. And that is all rooted in the courage to be vulnerable which particularly mm-hmm. at the top we understand is not so easy because, you know, you don't get there by being wrong all the time. You know, that's not kind of what we brag right. about. At the same time, we all know that the growth comes from our quote unquote mistakes, our learning moments. I always like to give a shout out for Gary sure. Ridge at WD40 because, you know, they don't have mistakes. They have learning <laughs> moments, right? And so I think right. as you work with clients, it is about, and this is the thing about vulnerability it's a judgment call. We're not asking people to be vulnerable mm-hmm. kind of about everything. It, it is about how right. an individual has to authentically um, find what they, they can share that comes across in the right way. And, and, I, and I just, this is not an easy thing, folks. And I think some, for some people, you know, there's a lot of, it's built in, I have to be right. Um, the smartest person wins. Right. I mean, these are, you know, and these have been rewarded, right, through history. So it's, it's, it's sure. not, you know, I, I just want to normalize that for folks. But I guess when you work with clients, Rob, do you find that they get the vulnerability piece? Because, you know, Brene Brown will tell you, like, we know that it's necessary. We don't love it. Who loves being vulnerable, right? Sure. It's, right. So <laughs> I'm just curious what, if you, and if you notice that your male or female clients respond differently. They do, um, and for the most part, especially in the culture that we live in, and, and the you know the last decade of really hyper vulnerability. Uh, and again, there's a balance there, as you said. There's a wisdom in what are you vulnerable with about about and to whom. 
because there's that wisdom of saying, okay, this is not an area that needs to be vulnerable in this particular situation. But it seems that most of the people are open to the concept. Being able to walk it out might be different. And yes, there are differences um, from men to women. Uh, and it, interestingly enough, it, it's not necessarily a pat answer. You may have some women that are much more willing to say, yes, I'll be vulnerable. I mean, can we get to a resolution? Let's do this. Um, and then you might have some women do, that have fought so hard to get where they are, and they've had to put on this much stronger, bolder persona in order to fight the, sadly, the, the um, ingrained, uh, you know, prejudice or workplace, I'll just say that, workplace prejudice against the equality of women and men. So it's harder for them to say, vulnerable, I don't know, I've been there and that didn't, do, that didn't serve me well. So you've got that. It, it depends on the, the person, not just the, the gender of the person, but the, the background of the person uh, and the culture that they are either fostering or have been included in. So, yeah, there are definitely differences, and you have to be aware as you speak to them and ask questions, listening for those answers that will help you help them navigate into an understanding that vulnerability can be good if used wisely. Yes. Thank you for bringing this up. I've had this experience with women too. And I remember early days, you know, because I was in engineering school and I remember the women who were way ahead of me. I mean, like, like one of three, you know, at the Harvard Business School sort of thing. And boy, you know, you, you can't imagine, you know, the things that they had to do to, to fight, yeah. you know, to literally have to fight. And, and I have observed amazing, I mean, you know, again, intellectually amazing and, and so competent. And then they get to the top spot, which is, of course, you know, not easy to do. And, and it's very hard for them to give themselves permission to think, you know, would I, is this how I would really lead? Because I think that yes. you see a way of leading, and I, I'll label it as a more male way, right? And so yep. they're kind of like, that's what they've been doing. And I'm like, well, you know, women all leading like the mm-hmm. men. I'm also, it doesn't necessarily create the range, right? And I, I think I would Correct. encourage folks Correct. that to embrace that we can have strong, silent type. We can have very gregarious type. And to model that, because optically, when people look up, not just the diversity of, mm-hmm. of the people, but the styles and showing that, you know, we can find different ways to be effective and we welcome that. And it's not just one way. Um, and that's Absolutely. something that people can really be intentional about in terms of bringing diversity onto your teams is how do people move through space in a, in maybe a different way that, that um, because we're all going to have to learn how to work with that. It creates a better team. And, and I'll just say this on the diversity thing to be, to be clear. And I think it's, I don't think it's a little secret, but if you have a diverse group of people who can't hear each other, who don't know how to work with, honor, uh, with each other, which is a higher capability for the team, it's a train wreck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not fun. You know yeah. I mean, you're far better off right, getting work right. done with a homogeneous team, like the end. And so I think the reason the diverse teams really do produce better results is that they, the, the team members have to function at a higher level to be able to appreciate how people come at things differently um, and, and how Correct. they can modulate their own leadership styles, right, to suit the, the need that's Absolutely. There. There's something that um, uh, I became aware of years ago, and I know that you're aware of it as well, but it, it's, it's popular. It's the flex, basically. It's, it's being able to not just flex in conversation, but flex in who you're dealing with, who you're working with, um, being able to give them permission to be themselves and you still be able to be yourself, yet flexing to a place where you can come together and be creative. And that flexibility is where the vulnerability comes in. Being able to, with wisdom, where does this vulnerability apply so that I can flex into that conversation and encourage them to flex into this conversation to where we meet, we build trust, and then there's that mutual understanding that, listen, we can respect each other uh, even if we disagree. I love it. That's a really great shout out for listeners. I like that. That's a really nice um, I don't, a metaphor to think about. You know, I'm curious, do you have, um, I'm wondering when, when you have clients who, who don't get it, do any of them not get it? I'm wondering 
if, if there are some that you're like, okay, let me try a different way that they're not really getting the fact that you as a leader need to be who you are to give others the permission to be who they are. And I, and I am just curious if, um, if you have any folks who, who sort of really struggle with it. Yes. Um, and I think that's, that's human nature. Uh, because especially as a leader, we're still, we're still fighting with the understanding or the belief, the misbelief that the leader has to know all the answers. The leader has to be right. So we, we, we adopt that addicted to being right. So um, I remember one particular time I was asked to come in and train a team. And the leaders seemed like they were on board. They were excited about it. Oh, man, come in and train my team. Well, what I, what I realized after everything was done is basically they wanted me to go in and fix their team, but don't mess with them. <laughs> so come in, come in and fix my team. Make the, and their, their thought was that my training was going to make them subservient. It was going to reestablish the dictatorial role of the leader and uh, bring things back in order that, where they had lost control. And the problem is you know, the training promotes collaboration. It promotes trust. It promotes being able to respectfully speak to one another and share each other's ideas. Um, that doesn't demasculate the boss or the final word but it definitely opens up the channels of communication from employee to boss uh, that I believe are, are paramount to the success of any business slash family. If you, if you, if you want to go family, I mean, that's where everything really starts. But so I walked away, you know, had great training. Everybody loved it. They were on board. Um, the, the CEO was not, uh, I, 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 I made them feel better. I made the, the team feel better. But the problem is, is that I gave the team permission to have a voice. And so because the person in charge was not willing to adopt the principles that had been trained, then what it does, and you, you know this as well, what that does is it creates a frustration in the ones who now know the truth. They now see that there's a better way. So now they're frustrated. So the one of two things are going to happen. They're, well, maybe one of three things, but they're either going to, um, they're going to lose hope and they're going to settle back into the, the status quo, which will be worse than it was before. They're going to stay and be disgruntled and be um, a thorn in the flesh of the CEO, or they're just going to leave. And so that, in, in, in essence, that's what I saw. And, I, and I, I learned that early on. So I thought, okay, we've got to get buy-in from the top if there's going to be a change, a, a systemic change through the culture of the company. So this guy never got it. No, great guy. Love the guy, man. Love the guy, but just, nope. Didn't wow. Get it. And well, they, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for folks who are there, I think just listen to Rob, you know, I think that that's the evil, you know, and maybe a great person and not willing to see it. The, I'll just offer that if that, were the situation, um, and this, this, I'm not saying it would work in this case, but for folks who are wondering, you might say, you know, gosh, what a sure. great investment. I've noticed the great changes. I think one of the things that we have all embraced is that we're, we realize how we've been part of the problem, and now we can be more part of the solution by these things that we've learned. And I have one question for you. And you look at the CEO in the eye and say, how would you say you've been part of the problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if the person Good. is like, say, so here's the thing. Yeah. I love you as a human being, but right. We, we, we all are in it together. And I, and, and if you're open to it, I can share what I see that maybe you have a blind spot too. We all have blind spots. And I say this out of love. And I say this because I think, oh my gosh, we could be so much better. And that term, the bottleneck at the top didn't come out of nowhere. And see how that lands. You know, if someone's a good person and they say, you know, and they say, hey, does it feel scary to you? I mean, just be really, mm-hmm. push it a little bit and then say, hey, this is your, your company. You run it. Got it. Right. I just want you to know that here's some of the impacts of, of um, what might as the fallout, you know, be. And that's, we're good with that. Um, but at least those folks, you know, you, you do what you think is right. You do it to the best of your ability. You sleep well at night. <laughs> 
Right. And I think that's what yep. I would offer to folks is feel like you can do it. Um, I also just want to say one thing, you know, when we came back out, this notion of the these to- hot topics, I think really creating the space for folks to appreciate that we have a voice. We want to honor that you have your experience and we want to help each other appreciate mm-hmm. the different experiences. And to your point, Rob, to be explicit that, you know, the different experiences we're not making people good or better, right or wrong. And so I'd like to just Mm -hmm. suspend that for folks. And, and I think for a lot of people, the ability to feel that they've been heard is, is, is a big win. Right. And then to say, Hey, we've heard all this. We have an organization to run. We have these individual views. This gets to this working from home thing. We've got these individual views. Um, I hope we appreciate that the management has a point of view and that the organization has a point of view. And that if we want the organization to thrive, a certain amount of our cohesiveness is going to be based on mm-hmm. a chance to be together. And so we're going to find a way to serve all these stakeholders and we hope everyone appreciates that. And, and I, and I think yep. you know, it's just important to show the, the 360 view. And I think Absolutely. any employee say, we're going to make you CEO for the day. Would you want a hundred thousand people working from home five days a week? You know, that, that right, may not right. be the easiest thing to, right. to manage. <laughs> exactly. Right? Right. Oh, Rob, you've been the same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have one top takeaway? I know we could, we could talk for, for many more hours, but I'm curious what's landing for you. I uh, just kind of popped out of me is the last thing you were talking about in regards to dealing with the CEO that wants you to come and fix their company, fix their team, but yet doesn't want to adopt the principles themselves. Being able to um, find that space, that time, that place to sit down with them and review the progress, review what they already have acknowledged is good and positive about your interaction with the team, and then talk to them about in what way are you aiding in the continuance of this progress, uh, and which could lead to the, the question that you asked was, in what way could you be hindering its progress? And just yeah. set, set on that. I mean, just stop, be silent, and let them think about it for a minute. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Good stuff. You Thank you, Molly. I appreciate it. Tech. Well, I appreciate you. You Let me know how it goes. I am here for you if I can be of more help. I really thank you for calling in, uh, making time in your busy schedule, Rob, and being part of the solution. You take good care. Well, Molly, thank you so much. God bless you, and keep saying it skillfully. <laughs> <laughs> Game on. Thanks, Rob. Well, I invite you folks, if you're listening and, and something's come to your mind, call me at 866-472-5790 or internationally, you can call Collect Country Code 1-480-398-3352. There's more uh, help for you to say it skillfully on my website, sayitskillfully.com and sign up on my mailing list. We can have a one-on-one together. That would be fun. Okay, we're going to hop across to the Atlantic now to the UK. I'm going to say hello to Lily. Lily, welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you? I am doing fabulously. I'm talking to you. Um, Okay, so (laughs) what uh, tough conversation is on your mind? Um, So... This was a situation that uh, one of my friends, or a few of my friends has shared with me reason, recently, and I resonate a lot with it because I can also see myself in this situation too. So she has been experimenting with being more open and transparent in talking about her feelings in the workplace, especially, you know, the less positive emotions like feeling stressed, nervous, or anxiousness about an upcoming presentation or workshop and as a result of her openness it feels like she's now being seen as less capable professionally by her colleagues so it kind of backfires a bit Um, but she's capable it's just like you know the process of preparing for it there's always a level of nerve involved because you know she's invested in making it successful so I guess you know the question I have for you is What's the best way of sharing, you know, your feelings without it impacting a person negatively? This is a really great one because this is the reason why people are like, better just like 
not say anything, button up, look like it's all great when it's not. <laughs> so I really, really appreciate you, Lily, for bringing this one up. Uh, and there is no one right, right, right way. I, I'll just yeah. say at the get-go. I think that um, the relationship that one has with your colleagues is really the starting point, um, which is to to say, you know, do do you feel like these are people who see you for who you are, that realize that we all have tough times, um, are less likely to judge or more likely to judge? And, and that's a very subjective thing. And I think all of us probably have these inner circles. There's kind of your inner circle of people you can go in, you can shut the door and say, I'm going to melt down. And after I melt down, I'll be fine. And then I'm going to come back out and be amazing, right? And that... Um, if, and I think it's important for an individual to know what you need. If you are someone who needs, like, I, I don't need you to do anything. I need you to just listen to me vent, and then I'm going to leave. Okay, great. I'm here for you. So find, understand what you need, and then find the, the places that are safe for you to get what you need. And, and that is on us to cultivate for ourselves so that you can be your best self. So that would be my, my starting point. And then I think if you want to start, you know, being more open, I think the, the testing of the waters is, oh, I know that this is going to be great. I know that I've got the capability. I just need to share right now that I'm, I'm really having a hard time and I feel like I'm, I have a stress monkey on my back and whatever you need and, and see how people respond to you. So I would say there's a pulsing notion of just iterating and seeing how people respond and being clear that I know I'm going to do a great job. There's no doubt I'm going to do a great job. It's just along the way, it might get a little bit messy. So let me pause there. How's that landing for you? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think, you know, completely resonate and, and agree with it. It's about, you know, the constant experimenting and just seeing how it lands with people. And, uh, you know, I think it was a finding a balance on how much is too much or how, or when is it the right time to share um, with, with others and kind of the relationships or the strength of the relationship you have with the other person. I, I kind of feel that there's a lot of kind of movement and, and encouragement for um, encouraging people to bring their whole stuff at, at, to work. And that's just the current space of understanding what that actually means. You know, how does it feel like bringing your whole self to work? How much do I actually want to share or should be sharing in the workplace? And I think, you know, no one really has the right answer to it yet. So that's just a lot of confusion about should I or should I not do it? I, I love that you bring this up. So let's spend some time here because this is really, really fundamental. And I think... If you're the leader, that's one place to be, and there's a real privilege for saying we really value this. Um, and I also, I think, an, a leader acknowledging that it's different, right? So we haven't been doing it. It's different. And for that, it, it means to change for everybody, including me as the leader. And so let's spend some time, because we're a unique group, co-creating like, what does that look like? Like, what does it mean to bring your whole self to work? And, and I could see a really lively forum where you start to invite for people, like, what does that even mean? And not to make anyone wrong, right, or right, but just to say, what does that mean? And start to inform for this group of people um, with the intention that we feel like if we can, if we feel free to be who we really are without judgment, that's going to give us the space to do our best work. So... You know, I think there's a lot of leaders who, who I think I, I, they would want that. They'd say, yeah, I want that. And then the next step is, well, what are you doing to, to create safety for people to want to go there? How in the past, you know, might have things been in a way where it wasn't that and as a leader owning that. And I, and I want to offer, you know, I use this saying, we're all part of the problem. We're all part of the solution. Not to make people bad people. We're all, you know, great human beings. But if we're, if we're in a current situation, all of us have somehow contributed to it. And, I, and even if it's a small percentage, and I think the ability um, for us to, uh, to really 
own that as an individual level, whether you're, you know, way at the top or in the bowels of the organization is, is a really big starting point. And the, ind- the, the, the folks in the bowels, I think if, if this is something that people want, the ability to connect the dots for leadership Say, hey, there's a lot of this out, it's out there, and we're not sure what it means for everybody else, but gosh, we would love a chance as a team to meet with everyone as human beings and, and think about how are we working now? This is the current state, and that could be very informing. Say, hey, what's your experience of how we work now? And then, well, what, what would make it so that we think we could do even better work? So let me just pause there. How's that landing for you? What really resonated was co creating. You know, what does bringing your whole self to work look like? And what came up to me was also that it would take a few or a lot of iteration to really get there. And also for the leader and also for the team members to understand what exactly it feels like and are we ready to accept other people bringing their whole self to work because I think it's one thing, it's easy to say, you know, I want us to bring our whole self to work and this is what it looks like. But are we actually mentally and emotionally ready to accept when people do bring their whole self to work and that you hold the safe space and not cast any judgment to that? I think, you know, that's where it really feels real. Yes, I love how you you pose pose that, and then that the intelligence was right there. Like, are we ready for it? What is that like? And those are the kinds of questions. So I I just think that for folks, you know, there's this when people come together, there's this relationship system, which is this group of people, and there's a very natural intelligence and creativity of the whole. And so when you can be someone that says, "Hey, what's going on for us? Who are we?" By the way, this is what the top performing teams have solved for. They know who we are. They know what they stand for. And so anyone on a team can just raise this as I'm wondering, you know, we, we've, we've, we're reading about it. It's, it's in the news a lot. And I would love for us just to talk openly about it and go around the room and say, you know, are we ready for that? And, and see what happens, because I think that's this natural creative process of relationships. I mean, that is the point of a relationship, people coming together and creating something, whether it's an emotion or a project or, or XYZ result. So I am curious, in your workplace, Lily, do you feel, I mean, where, where would you say people are? I mean, people are like curious about bringing their whole self. They want to bring their whole self. You already are bringing your whole self. Um, I think it's between being curious and also already in the process of bringing the whole self. Um, I I think it's still very dependent on the strength of the team relationship. And I think as and when we add a new person to the team, it just reset itself a bit in terms of, okay, you know, there's someone new, the dynamics is shifting I think that's just like a subconscious assessment of, okay, you know, h- how much do I want to share? Or, no, or how quick do I want to share? Great. Not better. Great. Okay, Umberto, Thank hold you. please. Hold please. <laughs> Sorry, we have to cross lines. Um, so, <laughs> Lily, on your, um, when you have a new person come on, this is, a, I'm curious about, how do you onboard the new person? Because I think this is, you know, I hear about this. Well, it's, uh, I'm new. So I'm going to lay low for a while and see how it goes. And I'm not saying that that isn't a totally great thing to do. The, the issue is if you have something that you can, can be contributing, you know, we'd rather you contribute sooner than later. So I'm curious in your experience, how do you bring new people on? Okay. I, I feel that, you know, I'm always from the perspective that I would need to be as open and as kind of honest with the person on what they can expect. Um, working with me or joining the team so that they can start kind of setting their expectation on, you know, how much do they want to start contributing. And I think, you know, what I like to do is to give them a bit of um, heads up in terms of 
I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself during the next few meetings. Can you please, you know, make sure that you're mentally prepared to do it or, you know, think about what's interesting about yourself to share and, and also, you know, be actively inclusive of the new member in terms of, oh, by the way, do you know that, you know, um, he or she does this as well? And just giving them the space to start sharing it and setting up, you know, especially in the virtual environment, um, introductory course just to say hello, because it can be very isolating starting at home in front of a laptop with no human, like physical human interaction. Absolutely. I can't tell you the number of people who have said to me, I haven't met anybody at work. And and I get that it can be tempting to wait for someone to invite you in. So I wanted to take the other side. So awesome for you, Lily, to create the space for people. And I would also add, as folks are sharing, to let them know some of the things that we value on this team are we really want people to be bring their whole selves. We want to do our best to not judge. Sometimes we make mistakes, so we call each other out on it. But whatever, you know, whatever the characteristics that the team agrees to, that's great to share very openly. And it's great for the new person to hear those from the whole team, if that makes sense, so that it doesn't feel like it's some piece of paper, but that the team is, is actually living that. And then um, I think oftentimes the new person introduces themselves. You may not have time to do all the other team members, but you can go around and say, hey, um, a little bit about yourself and uh, a fun fact or something that just creates an opportunity for each team member to be a little personal with a new team member that can be very time efficient, but also at least it creates a, a sense of we as opposed to we're all hearing about this new person, but this new person doesn't know anything about <laughs> us, right? So that's yeah. awesome for you. And then for the folks who are joining teams and you're the, you're just, you are literally that have not been in office and met anyone. I mean, it would be great if, if your organization, you know, rolled out a little more red carpet, but understand that everyone is, is struggling now and that they do want you to feel connected and they want you to know folks. So you can potentially mention to the leader or to colleagues in a group meeting, you know, what would be a way that would be helpful for you to come on board? Because what you want to do is connect sooner and add more value sooner. So it's all in support of the organization. Um, you can also say, hey, I'm the new kid in town and make one-on-ones with each individual. And I literally had someone do this recently. I said, there's no reason that you can't reach out and say, huh, I'm a new new kid on the block and tell me about you. Uh, one thing you would change about the organization. You know, one thing if you were in my shoes, you'd want me to know. And that can be a nice way to make the rounds as well. Um, and, you know, just know that as you're doing that, you're really helping the, the team grow because the team is really based on the relationship and the connected tissue of the people. And if you're building more connections with your different teammates, you're really helping your whole team to grow. So there's really in service to the whole. Uh, Lily, this has been su- super. Do you um, have any follow-on questions or anything else you'd like to ask? Um, no, I think you, you know, this has been amazing, you know, just talking this through with you and getting so much ideas from this, so much inspiration. That's great. Well, I'm thrilled you joined me. Do you have a particular top takeaway that's uh, in your mind right now? I, I really like, you know, the last point that you mentioned in terms of just um, sharing, you know, for, for the new person, sharing the characteristic of the team, sharing a bit of a personal stuff about themselves, about um, asking the existing team members to share things about themselves. I think, you know, for me, I think I focus a bit too much on the new person and making sure that they have the space to share. But okay, you know, to really start creating the bond and, and building the relationship, let's also make sure that they also have time to hear about something personal from the existing people too. Yeah, that's so great. And, you know, I love how, how you are really intentional, Lily, about this. So be really open. Say, you know, one thing, and you can always blame me. You know, I was talking to Molly, and I just want to connect the dots here that I re- it's really important to me that I'm creating space for everyone. Um, so I'm doing my best, and I welcome your input. And if there's things I can be doing better, I would love to hear it. So, you know, I think that that shows a real strength 
in you, Lily, and I would really encourage you to be upfront about it because as just every leader, every person out there, when you're saying something, you're modeling for other people, right, how they can communicate. And that's just the best thing ever because, you know, short of that, people are in their own worlds and they're wondering, hmm, how do I say this? You know, what's the right thing to do? And so, you know, being generous with um, what you're learning um, what you're trying to do, and that it may not come across the way you want. And so for folks to please let you know, that's a, a show of vulnerability, right? And that's a way to build trust. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Molly. Thank you, Lily. I hope our paths will cross again. You know how to reach me. If I can be helpful, you let me know. And uh, I really appreciate you making time today. And thank you for being part of the solution. You take good care. You too. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Okay, we have, we're very excited to go to Brazil, a country I have not been to, and I am really excited to welcome Umberto to the show. Umberto, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very glad to be here. Uh, I was trying to listen to you by phone, but it was very difficult. For Zoom is better. Yeah, I'm glad we solved it technically. And Umberto, I will apologize in advance for not speaking any Portuguese. Bad Molly. No, so no I, big deal. <laughs> I know it's, it's sometimes it's difficult for someone. And I apologize too because English is not my native language. So some mistakes I could commit in this, this time I'm talking. Uh, one thing that I loved what you said, but I missed part of it, it was how we decided what we should or should not communicate to the organization. And I'd like to hear more about this. Yes, I appreciate your asking. There's this um, the unspoken when you say should, there's this thing of, well, there's a right and there's a wrong. And um, when it comes to the personal and the vulnerability, which is, you know, obviously the being good relationship with yourself means you know what's going on for you. And we want to be able to be open and transparent about that. However, right, there can be downside to that. So there's not a science. There is a a bit of an art to that. And so I, I would offer the three lenses. There's the individual, like what's going on for me? I'm scared. I'm annoyed. I'm, uh, you know, um, uh, exhausted, whatever that is. And, and just being clear on what is going on for the self is really important. That is not anyone else's job, right? And um, for folks, you know, you see folks, sometimes they're burning out and sometimes colleagues have to come and say, look, I really think you're working too hard. And so those kinds of situations are when someone can maybe help you see something you don't see. But for the most part, we really want to just be in good relationship with what's going on for us. And the reason that's so important is then we can really create space to think about what serves the other individual or the other people on the team, uh, what's going on for them um, and what serves them. And then at the highest level is the organization or the team, you know, what serves the whole. And so I think lots of times people think about like, what do I want? And I know that you need to know what you want, but if you're working at an organizational level, the organization exists, if it, you know, it has to thrive. And we have to think about prioritizing what's right for the whole, what's right for the whole. And so if, if you can think about when you're sharing um, what information, what um, words will help people to appreciate that what you're trying to say really does support the whole is a way to prioritize. So let me pause for a moment there. How is that landing for you, Umberto? Fantastic, because uh, I work in some organizations and uh, I have sometimes a big problem, a huge problem, because in higher level, we have a meeting, and you, we used to say, we can speak just up to this, okay? Are we agreed with this? And everybody says, okay. And I don't know if minutes later, they talk too much. So it was a, a huge problem 
to get to the fire, into the fire, to say, no, it was not this, it was another thing. He was trying to say this or that. It was a very big problem. And I think that people should really know is the time now I have to communicate this or not. I don't have uh, to communicate this up to now, maybe later or things like that. Sorry about the noise. It's a That's motorcycle. Okay. That's okay. I think I'm hearing you. So help me if I'm hearing you. And I just want to applaud you. Your English is spectacular. Okay. Like you're, it's oh, fabulous. Thank you. So thank you. And I know it's not easy to be on, you know, an English speaking talk radio when it's not your native language. So I want to honor you for that. Uh, so what I'm hearing is sometimes people are chiming in. They're speaking up on taking maybe too long of a time and it's not relevant. It's not appropriate for the conversation. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and sometimes they are saying things that should not be said at this moment. For example, uh, we are thinking to buy a company. For example, mm -hmm. it's not so big deal, so big this, this, this thing, but a kind of. So, if you say it now, that company that should be bought would higher the price, of course. And the, their employees could uh, be, would not feel well about these kind of things. And sometimes the thing was about the company's employees. For example, uh, we are thinking about not raise the salaries the next two or three months. It's not a thing that should be said to everyone. Yes. Okay. Okay. I hear you. I hear you now. So two things I would say that if that's happening in a meeting real time and you see, I'll call this, you see the train wreck, right? So I might just say, oh, excuse me, Joseph, Joseph, I, I'm going to ask a favor right now. Can we take that offline? And you may come across a little bit rude, but then you, you just want to avoid the train wreck. So Joseph, let's take it offline. So you might just you know, look at that person in the eye. I think we can handle it better then and see if you can get them to not go there. Okay, so that's, that's you know, I would say a diving catch. Um, I think if someone you know has a habit of divulging information that you at least perceive isn't appropriate, that's a one-on-one -on -one conversation and say, and then I think it goes something like, you know, I noticed you said X in the meeting um, and we had these people in the meeting and help me with what you were trying to accomplish. So rather than saying, I don't think you should have said that, which is totally fair for you to say that, you might ask, what were they thinking? Because you're forcing that person to go through like, what was I thinking? And then you say, okay, so I see there's probably some reason why they thought it was important. And then say, well, you know, we had these people in the room. Let me ask you, when they hear those kinds of things, what do you think is going on for them? And so your ability to help someone who's definitely in their experience to get into someone else's shoes is a huge benefit. It's not, lots of times it's, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy for some people to just get out of what they see in front of their own eyes. It's very difficult for some. Those are folks for whom being a little bit more self-aware can be more challenging. So, you know, I think offering a way of asking questions that help them to even for a little bit consider what it might be for other people can be a way to help them see it differently. Let me pause there. How is that landing for you? Perfect. Uh, because I think that 95% of the organization's problem are connected communication. A bad communication uh, makes total difference to the organization. And I'd like to thank you very much because uh, this approach you said, it's very, it's very interesting to go to talk to the people 
what are you thinking about this? What do you think you are trying to say if I understood what you said? And then he, will, he or she will reflect about they might say or might not say something. Perfect. So, right? Is that? That's perfect. That's what I call the curiosity meta skill. So you can you can use that and you can help other people. Lots of folks want to answer, but if you can ask a question and help the person go through their own thinking and learning, it can be super, super valuable. Uh, we have to wrap. Umberto, I'm so grateful for you for persevering and making it onto the show. I want to thank you for joining me. And I want to um, thank you for being a big part of the solution in our world. You take good care. Thank you again for ciao, the invitation. Ciao. Yes, bye bye. Our will cross again. Ciao, ciao. Oh, so wonderful. Okay, my thought for the week. I had just transitioned to a killer MacBook Air M1. Okay, highly recommend the M1, folks. I love it. And so I finally bit the bullet. I had so much overdue photos and file cleanup, you know, thousands of, of files. Um, and so you've heard me say transparency is your friend, right? To encourage you to say it skillfully. And let me just add today, the delete key is your friend. And that's a wrap. My thank you for join, tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your own top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 